Thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Brown. Living in America. <laughs> Something wrong. So how have you been feeling? I'm going to say I feel good. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's a man's world. Oh, that's good. What'd you say? So, you know, these are uh, pretty pretty trying times. Uh, what do you like to do to kind of keep your spirits up? No. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong. I don't know about that, uh, Mr. Brown. It's a lot of, a lot of cases popping up in, uh, in South America, I hear. No, it's all over. So are you out uh, taking precautions? Yeah, I'm out on love. Out on love. Alone from night to night, you find me. That's cool. Do you think that um, maybe the lockdowns are kind of worse than the virus itself? Let's talk about some music. Sex machine, get up off of that thing. I feel good. Jam. Well, it's always awesome to hear from you, Mr. Brown. No, I'm not. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think that music in general owes a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of artists that owe... What'd you say? I think, I think every artist kind of owes you a lot of respect. We're leaving tomorrow. Rio de, Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo. Well, well, Mr. Brown, not going to hold you anymore, but it was great talking to you. And uh, we'll see you around. This is a man's world! Welcome to this next episode. Oh, it's been a little bit of time. And you know what? Uh, no one kind of reached out and was wondering kind of how I was doing. Um, really what a, what this whole kind of hiatus was, was what they call in the medical community a cry for help. Um, you know, I'm just sitting here uh, just depressed and, uh, you know just need someone to reach out, so I decided not to do my show for a little bit, and uh, not even my own mom uh, reached out to me. Um, she actually she reached out to me for $10 for gas. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, she actually told me to uh, make another episode, so this is kind of why I'm doing it. I'm doing this mostly for you, Mom. Uh, I said I would do it this weekend, though, but um, I've had a lot of like construction going on at my house. Um, I should say my house. Ha <laughs> ha! I mean my guest cabin. Um, which has, uh, been nonstop noise. And, uh, you know, the truth is, is that I don't really care that much, like, because I have a separate unit from the place and I've heard fucking saws go off. It doesn't bother me, but for the show, it is kind of a pain because I can't, um, obviously I can't record if there's a fucking saw going off. I was considering doing it just anyways and just saying, screw it. You know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. 
Uh, but I decided to wait for a night to do it. And, um, you know, Saturday night turns into Sunday night and then Sunday night, uh, turns into, uh, Monday night. I got this new mic cable too. I lost this, the mic cable, not, I'm sorry, not mic cable, the, uh, cable to my headphones. Um, I have this headphone that's really, really good. It's these, uh, Audio Technica headphones. And they thought it was like super cool to put a, uh, a, a put a detachable uh, headphone cable that goes to the units. The only problem is that they decided to not just use like a standard like what the what the kids on the street would call an aux cable, which is a uh, 3.5 millimeter 3.5 millimeter uh, stereo jack. Uh, they decided to use like a 2.5 millimeter jack with a locking bayonet clip for the headphone part. And, uh, then it goes to the recorder or whatever. And I broke the first, it, it, my, the headphones came with two, two cables. It broke the, I broke the first one by stepping on it, stepping on the gold connector. And now I have it hanging up in my cabin, um, as a project that I will probably never fucking do, but you know, I'm smart enough. I know how to solder on a connection, so I might just, maybe I'll do it. But, uh, then I had a second cable that I just straight up lost. And then I was like, okay, no big deal. I went online to go uh, grab a new cable, and these motherfuckers want $29.99 for a headphone jack cable. $29.99. So I did what I always do, and I found the equivalent Chinese knockoff for 9 bucks. So far, I'm already telling a problem with this particular Chinese knockoff, which is such a silly fucking issue that it has, but I don't know if you guys can hear this, but there, it, it has like a like a texture to it, and whenever it rubs against uh, my shirt, I am actually clothed, by the way. Um, I'm just I'm actually ashamed and disgusted with my naked body, so um, I always wear full clothes. Don't ever worry about what's going on uh, with me whenever I'm doing these recordings or whenever we're having Zoom calls. Unlike that uh, that tubing guy who got busted uh, jacking off on the Zoom call. Which is uh, hilarious. I'll you know maybe I'll touch on that in a bit. But uh, anyways, this cable it's got kind of a weird like uh, kind of scratchy sound. Not in the yeah in the cable, but uh, just whenever you kind of move it. So I guess that's what you pay for. I guess that's the that's what what knocks off a good uh, twelve dollars from the price. Excuse me, twenty two dollars from the price. Um, that's just the way a lot of lot of uh, professional gear is. By the way. I first started doing video production, um, I've been doing it for a really long time. I, I've been shooting videos since I was a teenager with like a VHS camera, uh, shooting uh, skateboarding and stuff. Um, I love all my friends were in skateboarding, and uh, I was uh, incredibly cowardly about getting hurt and stuff. So I found my place was to videotape their fun times, and it was great. It actually gave me a whole skill that turns out to uh, barely pay me today, but it's a skill nonetheless. Um, that I, that I have thanks to those days. And I still, like I said, I started on VHS tape, uh, me and my friend, uh, or actually Brandon mostly would do this. I don't want to get caught out in a lie here, but, uh, my friend Brandon started first. He would literally do the fucking, uh, V8 to VHS player dubbing action. We would do that back and forth. Um, 
which was uh, which was like super fun, super old school. And uh, even whenever I first started doing little professional stuff, uh, I would do like fucking tape editing where there was no computer part of it. There was just like VHS de- decks and you'd play them and roll it, run them and stuff. And it was actually really fun. Um, you had a, whenever like with that kind of workflow, you have a lot of off time, which is sweet. So like whenever you're loading up a tape into a computer or something, the fastest that tape's going to go into the computer is as long as it plays. So, you know, if you shoot an hour of content, you got to wait an hour for the computer to like do its thing and pull it in and everything. Nowadays, it's on an SD card, which you plug in and you can start editing on it immediately. And uh, I remember whenever that first started becoming like the norm that it's kind of sad because it's, it's called uh, log and capturing is the uh, the term for uh, loading in uh, tapes into a computer so you can edit them. It's called that's called lo- that's called capturing, and then logging is what uh, you should do, which is write down like, oh, it happens on this scene. I need this scene and that scene. Most of us were too lazy to do that, and we just recorded the whole tape as like day one tape <laughs> or some bullshit. Uh, but uh, that's that was what I used to do, and uh, you know, with that logging and capturing game, in order to get your tape. Onto the computer, of course, uh, you needed a uh, a a VTR, um, not a VCR, a VTR, which was basically just VCR, <laughs> but that's what we called it. And so you needed like a little thing to like play the tapes and then to plug into the computer via FireWire. Um, and like I was talking about with, with Pro Gear, if you got a mini DV tape deck in the uh, early two thousands. It would run you about $2,000 um, to have a, dev- a device which can play and record mini DV tapes, and then it also runs a feed to the computer. Now, on the flip side, you could just get a mini DV camcorder that did all of that, and it shot video. It had like a lens on it and everything for $300. So that was like my first like taste of like the bullshit of uh, of production gear like the way it's priced is that the same thing in a smaller package and in a more like complete package because you can unplug it and like shoot your like you know your uh your your home movies with um is you know like 300 versus two thousand dollars just ridiculous but that's just sadly the way it's been for a while but now it's changing which is kind of cool um you know, that's kind of like one of the blessings of uh, Amazon and, uh, you know, a much more open marketplace. It has really become more and more democratized. Like the barrier to entry is just lower and lower and lower because finally um, people are just building like mid-grade versions of things or cheap versions of video production gear that is that is like so, so fucking needed. <laughs> like, because it's just sad that that's, you know, it's kind of an unspoken like, barrier not an unspoken but it's it's just a, it's always been a dumb barrier to entry when it comes to like making your own movies or doing anything that if you want like a fucking like mic pack it's like oh well you need like eight hundred dollars per channel for that um and now i bought this road go kit that kicks the ass of almost any other mic like pack system ever got 180 dollars that's it and that's like a mid to like pro level version. You can pick up wireless mic kits now 
for like $50, $60. If you really want to go cheap, you can just straight up buy a little clip-on mic with a long-ass cable and just plug it into something for like $30 to $40. It's amazing. There is no excuse if you want to make videos or do music or anything. There's just none, especially music. Thanks to uh, like um, DAWs that you can just download. That's like what everyone does now. If you listen, go to any sort of like music forum with like young people now, it's just like a given. It's like, oh yeah, I pirate fucking, you know, uh, Pro Tools. Just what you do. So that's zero dollars. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's just no excuse to like make stuff. And that's really awesome. I mean, like whenever I was getting started, like uh, besides talking about the VTR scenario, like even like a just an HD camera, like in 2005, 2006, if you wanted like, you know, just a 1080p camera, um, you know, you're, you're talking like tens of thousands of dollars. And now your phone shoots 4K, shoots 4K 60 frames a second. It's fucking nuts. It's amazing. I love it. A lot of older videographers and stuff kind of hate that fact that now like anyone and their mom can make the videos. But that is the wrong attitude to take about technology. Yes, technology means that more and more people can do the same thing. But it's those experts who can use the tools to create bigger and more exciting things or faster things. That's how it works. Like the fact that I have software now, that means that I can do what took, you know, three hours uh, a few years ago, just 20 minutes a day, means that I have another hour and 40 or another two hours and 40 minutes to do something else awesome to do to, to add a little extra like the the bottom line mediocre production is not enough anymore it's why whenever I do shoots now and stuff like I barely use a tripod I use the gimbal on everything because that's one thing <laughs> that we can do that just some jackass with a tripod can't do is that, you know, some someone's just getting into video be like, oh, I'm just going to put on a tripod and just leave it there. But what a pro can do is say, oh, no, now I have a gimbal that costs $400. So I can do steady cam shots of almost everything. Now, I will say, hold on, that, it, that in a way, gimbal shots are getting a little bit played out because of that. In the same way that I feel like almost slow motion is. And I've had to kind of come to terms with that myself because I really like slow-mo. Like whenever I shoot what they call b-roll for stuff that's where you just uh, shoot stuff like let's say uh you know i'm 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 interviewing a guy about like an invention he's working on and then i shoot like silent clips of him you know with his hands on the invention and like close-ups of the invention and stuff that's the b-roll shots and i kind of have like a like a rule that i always use which is i shoot the b-roll over cranked i shoot it at a higher frame rates um, because I'm almost always going to slow it down because what happens no matter what, even though I, even though in my head, I'll, I'll try to count whenever I record something, you'll shoot stuff too fast. You'll get a clip of something moving and you'll get like two to four seconds of usable material. And then suddenly you got a hole in your edit, edit where you need 10 seconds. What the hell are you going to do? That's where time uh, manipulation comes into play because you can slow it down now. So I'd always shoot something at like 60 frames a second or something and then slow it down to 24. You get silky smooth slow-mo. I'm starting to feel like that's kind of played out. <laughs> and, and on my last shoot I did, I was kind of feeling that that uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that for everything because what, it, what, what happens is that if you want to use it at normal speed, most people are not going to tell the difference, but it does make it look just a little bit choppier. And uh, for me, you know, I'm like, well, I kind of just like shot myself in the foot here because like it was like a sports shot and like 
you know, not everything needs to be in silky slow-mo. Sometimes people actually want to see how fast it is in real life. So um, I had to speed it up. It looked a little bit choppy. So I'm sorry. I feel like it's kind of played out and uh, kind of with gimbal shots too. I think they're starting to get a little bit played out. Everything is on a fucking gimbal now. Um, it's uh, I think it'll, I think, I think it'll definitely date this kind of period and stuff. Um, like overproduce YouTube, like vlog style stuff is just, it's just kind of, it just, it just played out. I've had enough of it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. That's what, like, it's kind of, like I said, the kind of democracy or the, uh, the lower barrier to entry to this kind of stuff is that, uh, you know, people just do like slider shots and like on everything. Um, I just found this new awesome, uh, YouTube, uh, cooking guy that I like, and, um, it's incredibly well produced for kind of what it is. And that's, you know, that's also kind of makes me think about all these like lockdown TV shows like fucking Daily Show with Trevor Noah, who I've never liked. Trevor Noah isn't funny. And it's not because I'm a butthurt Republican who doesn't like getting, you know, made fun of. Uh, Stewart was was a legend. He like made things funny. He has all this. Trevor Noah just like has a funny accent and like just talk shit about our country. That's like his whole that's his whole thing. And now, like whenever he all now his lockdown special looks like shit. Looks like a webcam. And I think that like these people are like, no, no, I want to be like more uh more authentic. We will we'll shoot it like like I'm in a Zoom meeting. It'll be cool. It's not cool, guys. It's it's kind of insulting because people still are paying fucking cable subscription fees to watch your show. And you have you have you don't even have the decency to like Get a few lights in that bitch to like learn how to operate a microphone. That is the number one thing. And thankfully on that show, I believe they finally did. But on the first few SNLs, they were pulling this shit where not only did they have like the zoom quality, but no mic. You have to have a mic. Just like right now. I have to have a mic. Here's what it sounds like whenever you don't use a mic. Hey, everybody. Hey everybody, welcome to my uh my podcast that I'm shooting with the uh with the with here's my welcome to my podcast guys that I'm shooting right now um off of the off the webcam. Isn't this great? Yeah, it's totally not gonna like take you out of anything having everything sound far away and like shit. This is totally an acceptable professional standard. This show is for free, and I would not submit you to that. <laughs> But I, that annoys me the most is that they pull that that shit. But uh, you know, speaking of Zoom calls, this just kind of popped up in my head. By the way, this this episode uh, is brought to you by um, LackofPreparation.com. Whenever you want to create a show for people and don't want to write anything down and just want to shout into a microphone for a good forty five minutes, go to LackofPreparation.com. So, uh, if you guys have heard, heard about this, 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 uh, Tubin guy who's on a zoom call and, uh, starts jacking it on the zoom call, um, which at first, you know, kind of sounds like a nightmare that I think I've had. And so have a lot of other people had, um, and not even about jacking off. I've always been really afraid that one day I'll turn in a video and there'll be like porn in it. It would be like, it would take so many so many like bad steps for that to happen. First of all, I'd have to download porn, which I haven't done since the Obama administration. Okay. Like, uh, it's all streaming now, guys, like much easier, to cover your tracks, less hard drive space. So already like that would have to come into play. I have to download it. 
And then somehow you'd have to get in my edits, which would be super hard. And then I'd have to miss it in the edits, which is not that hard. I think that's what gives me the anxiety about it. Because a lot of times, sadly, I can't watch everything. Secrets revealed to my clients. If you're listening to this, which you shouldn't. Sometimes I don't watch everything. Sometimes I don't look at it all. Because, you know, you're paying me like, you know, this much money. And uh, you're giving me, you know, 40 minutes to, to, to edit and cut together. I'm just doing it what I like to call by instruments. Where I just look at it. I, I'm experienced enough in this that I can know what an edit just looks like on a timeline. And I screw up through it, blah, blah, blah. Check the parts that I think I might have problems with it. Um, and at the end of the day, too, I mean, I've been cutting it so much that I've seen it, seen it. So like a rookie move, which you really should do, <laughs> but that I don't do is that sometimes I'll, you know, I'll finish a 40 minute piece or something. I don't watch the whole 40 minutes. Like I'll kind of spot check it a few times and I always tell my clients, you have to watch it. I basically push it off to my clients, which sounds lazy, but it saves them a ton of money because otherwise I'm going to want 50 bucks an hour to look at this whole thing twice. And so that's going to be like, you know, a hundred bucks, like for me, for me to do a job that you or an intern could just do. I'm passing the savings on to you. <laughs> so that part is where the porn could get slipped in, right? That's the part where I, for if everything in the fucking universe just came against me and I decided maybe, maybe I was going to be clever and like rename a porn clip to like something that didn't sound like porn, which I've done before in the past. Uh, then it ends up my timeline. And then next thing you know, I got that. So that that's how it could happen. The other way it could happen and this was like a much bigger deal with DVDs. And this actually allegedly happened to uh, a coworker of one of my friends that this is how it happened is that whenever you're building a DVD, you, uh, you know, whenever you're done with it, you have all these little video clips and then you, you master them on the DVD. And then that's how it happened to this guy was that he burned a disc that had just porn on it. And it wasn't the right uh, disc to that. He was, that was for his job. So I could see that happening. You know, you mix up the the .iso files and then you end up burning it and then you don't QC it and then you fucking give your boss a nice uh, porn mix DVD. So that's always been a really weird, irrational fear I've had. I've just been afraid of like the, like just the perfect storm of like mistakes could happen and then that's, that would just like pop up. But, uh, you know, not, not getting caught like jacking off on camera. Um, that's, that like that that one you know i think when you first hear that story you're like man that that sucks you know the guys want us to jack off where else what are you gonna do get a playboy okay it's 2020 we use our computers this is also why i will never buy a used computer chair in my life little pro tip from a masturbator do not get a used computer chair buy that shit new buy the cheap new one from staples but that thing has got to be covered in a in plastic protectant that that assures me that no other ass has sat on that but me. Um, so yeah, pro tip on that. So yeah, this poor guy, you know, he wanted to jack a little bit on 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 his uh, on on his computer. Oh my god, the camera's on, and then he got you know he got busted. But here's here's the problem with it. He was in a meeting. Yes, it was a virtual meeting. But uh, it shouldn't have to be said that if I'm 
on a phone call with you or something, uh, you, you can't jack it. You can't be jacking it. You know, especially for a 60-year-old man. Like, good God. That's almost impressive. That you'd be that horny. That you, you can't, like, keep your hog in for fucking 30 minutes. So that part, I'm like, ooh, no, no, no. I kind of have lost my sympathy for you. Uh, especially if there was any kind of, like, you know, weird, sexy, sexual kink. Like, oh, well, I'm doing something I shouldn't do. That has gotten so many men in trouble and ruined it. Just, uh, here, here's my New Year's resolution for everyone. Get rid of your fucking kinks, okay? Start Look at all of your weird sexual kinks and just fucking start getting rid of them. They're bad. They're bad, okay? Like, sex should be enough. Every once in a while with someone you care about. Like, there's a point where you have to get over that shit. And especially if you're like an old man. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing worse than an old fucking perverted man. Get that out of your system in your 20s, okay? Every once in a while, maybe you and your wife can get some blow and uh, enjoy a little bit of that. But it's just, it's, it never leads to good places. It just doesn't, you know, we've known this since like the dawn of man. It's in the Bible and people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't fucking, I don't believe the Bible. I don't, I don't care about that. Guys, it was written there to solve scenarios like this. It was written with a wisdom, whether you want to say it was God or whoever knew that a man who can't control his sexual urges is going to cause disaster sooner or later it just it's bad and you just got to get over it you know it's part of the beauty of getting older and stuff is that you just stop kind of caring that much about that kind of stuff but once you start pumping yourself with viagra and you start wanting and you start yearning for that passion you had in your early days that's for the birds guys i'm just saying that's for the birds be a nice old man be a be a be a nice wood carving old grandpa who's got a little little werther's candy in his pocket for a kid be that kind of old man. Don't be the old man who's get, who has to fucking touch his wrinkly nutsack every day and has to have some sort of other weird sexual kink. I'm putting an I'm putting a fatwa on that right now. I'm saying whatever your religion is is no more no more horny old men. The the days of horny old men are over. They died with uh, Hugh Hefner. Those days died with Hugh Hefner, and they're dead now. Old men are going to be pure, nice grandpas from now on okay so yeah so you know like i said i i i would have sympathy if he was just jacking it and he's just a dumb old person doesn't know whenever the 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 camera's on but this was totally like a oh shit i'm gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna jack off because i'm all i'm all blue chewed up so i gotta i gotta i gotta like i gotta whip it out right now and he got butt ass naked for it like what who does that who just like, oh man, like I got to get like totally naked before I jack off. Any self-respecting man is ready to hide his, is, is ready to abort his masturbation in five seconds. Okay. My mom's going to, my mom's going to love this show, by the way. I made this for you, mom. If you're, if you're a guy and you got a jacket, okay. All you got to do is, is unbutton a button, zip down a little bit. And uh, you're ready for for battle, okay? That's how you should be. Like, like it should be in a moment's notice that if something goes wrong, someone screams, help, help, I need someone. That you can zip up, wash those hands. You're out of that door in five seconds, okay? That's what a real man does. 
A real man has has quick, effective military masturbation sessions. That's enough on that topic. I'm just I'm disgusting myself <laughs> talking about that. But uh, you know, it keeps on getting people in trouble. It, like anytime I hear someone get in trouble for their fucking penis, it's just it's just it's just pathetic. It's fucking pathetic, you know, because it's just it, it's just it's just a dick. It's just a dick, guys. It's just a nut. It's 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 not worth like throwing away your career or fucking traumatizing some intern or something over it. It's just just let it go, man. You know, like how how like how long do you need it? You have your adolescence, you know, to to get that all out of your system, and just just you know, you don't have to be like celibate, but just don't be a perv. I'm ending this on pervy old men. It's over. Whenever, like, like I will have, like I will have my last masturbation at age forty. I'm calling it right now. After that, it's done. I'm turning into sweet old man with the Werther's candy in my pockets, and it's just, it's just over. I'll be like, sex? Who? What? What? That's a younger person's thing. So, anyways, you know, that's uh talking about Tubin. And I was also talking about, you know, with uh, video production, um, about how how I would uh, follow around skateboarders. Nowadays, there's this new trend going around. Some people call it like an urban biking. Some people call it wheelies. But it's basically kids that uh, do wheelies on their bikes. Whoa, right? Kids are on the streets, guys, and they're lifting their front tire. Off the fucking ground. Can you believe it? Is that not the most insane, wildest tricks you ever heard in your life? Apparently so, because it's all over Instagram, and every fucking kid now is doing wheelies, and they're super annoying, and uh, I know I'm starting to start sound like an old, crusty old man. It's like, get those damn skateboarders out of here, but uh, they fuck up traffic, uh, it's just annoying. It, there, it's, just, it's as annoying as bikers, as bikers with loud fucking Harleys, where it's just, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Be a fucking idiot and a jackass. Isn't that cool? It's just it's just stupid. And uh, it, I'm actually objectively pissed off with them now because the reason that we have State Street out here in Santa Barbara, uh, one of our main streets, is shut off to bikers. And uh, it shut off to bikes. And it was because of the fucking wheeliers. And they say, oh, it's just for everyone, blah, blah, blah. And that's what sucks is that this, like, the uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to get real for a second. And uh, this is a part where you might want to turn off your little sensitive about this. But the problem is a lot of minorities do this. A lot of Mexicans, a lot of Mexicans do this. So from the, uh, from the side of the city, they don't want to crack down on Mexicans. They, they, and to do that would just be like to crack down on minorities and Mexicans. So they can't just say, hey, stop fucking doing the wheelies. You know, just, just, you got to cut that bullshit out. They have to say, oh, well, bikes in general are kind of bad right there. And they had this thing. They did this, uh, unlicensed, like run through the neighborhood once. And, uh, I was right in the middle of it. I had no idea what was going on. Um, I just saw a couple jackasses right behind me on their bikes running through like the sidewalk. And I was next to a lady with a baby and everything. And I was kind of kind of amped up at the moment. It was during a 
a a spell where I just where I was taking a little sabbatical from drinking and smoking and stuff. So I was like kind of on edge and like ready to kick some ass. And uh, you know, this fucking guy just pulls right up and like just you know nearly knocks me and this lady over. I go, what the fuck are you doing? And then that then I hear, oh fuck you, whatever. And I was like, dude, fucking bring it. Better get the fuck off. You know, better keep on riding that bike. Tough guy jaywalk. Um, and then there was like a sea of like 300 behind me <laughs> doing the same thing, uh, with their kids too. Like, fuck you. I, I mean, I, th- I get that you want to ride a bike with your kid, but you're going to teach your kid that, oh yeah, it's okay to be a total jackass and to run stop signs and to just ruin everyone's day for a little bit. That's okay, son. This is what we do. And we're allowed to do it because we don't fucking give a shit, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's white trash. It's, 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 it's totally fucking gay. Um, and, uh, it took me a lot not to like go up to, especially the parents in there and go, what are you doing? You're just teaching your kids that this is okay. It's okay. Just say fuck you to like basic traffic laws and like to put you and everyone else in danger just so you can kind of look cool in an Instagram video for a little bit. Like, dude, you're, you're, you're in your forties. Like it's, it's over. Like uh, those days are gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's annoying that it does that. And I think like the part that annoys me the most is that it's not even a good trick. It's a wheelie. It's a fucking wheelie. Like if it was like a stoppy or something where that's where they do it with the front wheel, then I'd get it. That's kind of cool. If it was like some BMX shit. Okay. That's awesome. You know, I see kids skateboarding and like, you know, jumping off ledges and stuff that like I used to do. That's awesome. And it's dangerous. They could get hurt. There's a skill to it. And whenever you see someone upset, like with grinding a rail or something, you're like, oh man, like they just don't get it. That's cool. But just doing a wheelie. That's it, guys. That's what we've come down to. That's what our youth has 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 has, has thought is like cool is just just to pop a fucking wheelie. It's just lame. It's fucking lame, and I hate hate whenever I see them now. And it's making me more and more racist and hate kids whenever I see <laughs> because of this trend. Uh, because now, whenever I ride somewhere and I see a group of of kids with a like kind of like a BMXy looking bike, but it's not a BMX at all. It's just some lame SE bike. I hate them already. I fucking hate them. So uh, that's been annoying. And uh, like, like as a bike rider, as a commuter biker, I am, I am a, I am in the class of bike riders that is kind of left out a lot, you know, because there's like there's douchebags and the lyra, the lycra, you know, who like take it really serious and stuff. And then there's you know these goddamn kids in their wheelies. And there's people like me in the middle who just, I need, I just need to get places. <laughs> like I just need to, I just need to go like from my house to the store and like to other stores, like as quickly and safely as possible. Like that's just all I need. <laughs> so it's just kind of silly. And another reason I got, I got my bike too is uh parking out here is just, it's just fucking crazy. It's just crazy. I've given up. Like, I'm kind of glad I don't have a car cause I don't have to worry about it. But um, on my street, and I, maybe someone has like some advice for this. Uh, my neighbors, um, I get why they do this. Okay. I understand. They put up like that bullshit, like trash cans or like a cone or like some other shit to uh, block, block a space on the street. That's illegal folks. Like that's, you can't, you can't own the street. Now I get why it's annoying because we live in Southern California where you got like 
fucking five drivers in the house and they all can't fit in the driveway. And so you try to be like, okay, this is my spot. And the rest of the neighbors turn a blind eye to it because they're doing the same fucking thing. And we also have a bunch of ridiculous shit out here where people will get like an RV as like their separate, as their separate room in their house. Like they'll just fucking park their RV on the road. And now, now I have a guest house guys. Um, that's, that's what it takes. So, you know, people turn a blind eye to it until like you really need it until like you're living there and you're like, well, shit, I need to like, you know, have my, fr- God forbid I have a friend over whose car doesn't fit in my driveway. <laughs> I remember there's a few parties that I've been invited to where like, they have to like really spell it out on the invite. Don't bring your car. <laughs> like don't park here. There's nowhere to park. Just another joy of living in California, guys, is uh, zero places to park ever. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that's been going on in my street now is just like little war has been going on because uh, there's a ton of construction going on in my house and the people who live here, um, you know, need to move the cars because they, uh, for some reason, the construction guys can put their foot down about the parking, but the residents can't, which I kind of, which, which I get for unloading gear and stuff. But I see these motherfuckers. They they're coming up and just parking their car. Like, uh, why don't you carpool? Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> they're trying their best. I understand. Um, but uh, yeah, like you know, like like uh, whenever I had my car for a bit, I'd have to do this crazy shit where I'd like park like two blocks away, and then as soon as I'd come retrieve my car for the day, just all these dirty looks from all the other neighbors. Just how dare you park a goddamn car out here? So I'm over the parking and stuff. It's definitely a part about this town that I really hate. But, uh, you know, you just kind of deal with it. But, uh, you know, they, they, they've been doing these, this cone bullshit. And I don't know the right way to approach it. I kind of want to just put up like a sign that says, like, you can't do this, <laughs> by the way. Like, this is all legal. And, uh, you know, just call 311 and have them just pick up all the fucking cones and shit. Um, but, like, you know, we have this, like, tiny section next to our driveway, which goes up where we would put cars and stuff. And sure enough, someone must've complained or something because now there's a city sign up that says no parking right here. Can you imagine that fucking flying in Texas on your own street, parking your own car in front of your house then at the city go, Oh yeah, we got to put a sign up here. <laughs> I do kind of like the parking enforcement cops though. They, uh, they drive these cool little, like little, like mini cars and uh, one one of the traffic uh, people, I don't think she works there anymore, was just super good looking. I always wanted to get a photo shoot with her. She just she looked like a like a Pamela Anderson, like decided to get decided to like research a role as a parking enforcement agency. Just tall, voluptuous blonde. Yeah, she was good. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while, though. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, parking. Let's talk more about parking, guys. Let's make this whole episode about parking, huh? Nah. Instead, um, you know, I'm going to talk about, uh, talk about some stuff I watched. I've been, uh, you know, sometimes I go through like these, I bet everyone probably does, but you kind of go through like a phase on something. You get, you get like a taste of like a subject or something. And then, and then you get kind of inspired to like learn as much as you can about it and stuff. For me, that's James Brown recently. Um, I've been watching this excellent, excellent show uh, by Mike Judge called uh, Tales from the Tour Bus, where he basically interviews uh, people 
in the genres of country music and funk music, which is super funny. Like each each season is a different like genre. So the first season's country music, second season is funk. I personally like the funk one a lot a lot more. I've never really been a big country music fan. But I will say this in the country music episodes I've been watching on there, like <laughs> it they are like like a country music star, like from like, you know, like the fifties and like sixties, seventies was more gangster rap than any than any kind of like fucking Tupac or anyone. Every story they have involves someone getting shot. <laughs> like every single one. Just casually like, yep, then one day uh old, old Jimmy brought his uh, shotgun in the meeting and uh shot our bass player right to the chest. <laughs> Just all the time. And it's like, well, talk to the talk to the judge about it and he said, you know, that's that's attempted murder, Jimmy. Uh, and then the bass player said, nah, we don't gotta file no charges. And, uh, you know, we just ended up doing a little probation for a few months. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's like, just, they are like every story has to do with them, like up on, like hopped up, like shooting their rivals, like fucking all of this. So that just cracks me up is that the, the country music stars are way, way more gangster than any like fucking nineties gangster fucking rap shits. Like they're just, I had no idea, but it kind of makes sense. You know, that's just, that's just, that's just the way they roll. Uh, so that, that's, that's, what's funny about watching the country ones is that just every single episode is like someone just casually shooting another motherfucker. Like for no, no big deal. Like, oh man, I'm a little upset with this guy. I got it. I'll shoot him in the chest. <laughs> like that's, that's how I'll solve this problem. I'll just shoot. I'll just get really drunk and shoot him in the chest. And those are people like hanging around with them and. I love like, you know, you hear like this, this guy's like, uh, is talking about this guy, his, the, this musician he's working for get, shooting someone and was like, yeah, as soon as I saw that shotgun came out, I just, I just got out the room. <laughs> She's like, what? Like, I'd be, I'd be scared shitless if I ever saw a gun in like any sort of booze. I've talked about this before. Like, I really do not like to mix partying with guns at all. I think it's like ridiculously bad, but you just hear constantly like, yep, shot this guy. He uh, pointed the gun at the police one time and they just uh, they just drove him home. <laughs> he just said, now nah, you can't be doing that out here. Can't be pointing no guns at the cops. OK. <laughs> Put whatever kind of racial uh, comparison you like on that. <laughs> but that's how it used to be back in the day. Just boys will be boys. So you now I've been watching that and the James Brown episodes are great because he, he's a part of a lot of it's. Um, you know, he was a big, like the inventor of funk pretty much. And so he's a part of like a lot of these musicians careers one way or another. And there's a, the one that really got me on to actually buy the Showtime episode. I saw a clip. They talk about how, uh, you know, Bootsy Collins would, uh, Bootsy Collins, he was a bass player of Parliament Funkadelic. Um, he was the guy who had the star bass and the star glasses, but, um, he was, uh, he talks about, you know, how like James Brown was like, was like no drugs, no drinking. Like he just, he really was all about, you had to be sharp. You had to be really, really fucking sharp on stage, um, until his later years, which are sad, but that's, you know, he ended up, ended up finding a little liking to angel dust, but in his prime, he was as clean as could be. That was his whole thing was that he did not get intoxicated. He was a, he was a hard, hardworking man. So, uh, with his band, he was really, really strict with them. And uh, one of my favorite things he would do with his band on stage 
is he uh he did this thing called throwing fines um if you if you worked for uh james brown in any capacity uh there was always this thing called throwing fines or just fines where he'd fucking fine you maybe 20 40 60 bucks if you messed up at all so even if you're like a receptionist and you know you did something wrong in the phone or he'd be like that's 20 that'll cost you 20 he'd throw that out there but on stage he'd do the same thing with the band um, they were not exempt from it at all, no matter how good they were, no matter if they're Bootsy Collins, they're still going to get fines for anything, for for missing uh, a note, for, uh, you know, just whatever. And it's it's amazing watching them perform because they're so, so fucking nervous, like at least the early ones were. But uh, anyway, so with uh, Bootsy and the gang, he hired them after he fired his earlier guys because that's what he would do. James Brown knew from knew from an early time in his career that he was the man and that he didn't have to take shit from nobody and as a matter of fact his music was so so popular uh with musicians that every musician knew how to play his songs that just like they would practice playing his songs so if his band ever gave him any lip or mess as he'd call it uh he just fired their ass that day and then in hours would have Every drummer, every bass player, every guitarist, every horn section, every backup singer would know the songs perfectly and you just put them right on stage. So with Bootsy and the gang, that's how it was. But this was also in the in the kind of late 60s, um, early 70s, uh, where they were hippies. They they liked to take acid and smoke weed and stuff, and they didn't give a damn about 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 uh about about James Brown. And James Brown actually gave them a little bit of uh leeway on that like 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 the dress especially you'll notice with the bootsy gang you can tell who they are because they have like the kind of typical like 60s kind of like uh funk disco kind of vibe look to them and the band before them they didn't do any of that shit they had to wear cummerbunds okay they had to wear cummerbunds tuxedos perfectly polished shoes they had they had to look like the part perfectly for for the backup band, but once he got Bootsy on, he kind of realized the, that the that the way music was going was that it's a little outdated to to have that kind of look. So they were more what you call funky. But uh, what they would do is uh, uh, Bootsy and his his little gang up there, um, they would uh, take uh, something called Orange Sunshine LSD, um, which sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> never had that that variety, but it sounds cool. And they would they would uh, mix it in a cup. And then they would pass around the cup and have a little nice psychedelic, you know, buzz, which, which I, which I really don't get when it comes to acid is not a, a temporary drug. (laughs) It's not like whenever I hear people like, oh yeah, I just like, you know, took some acid, did a show or something. It's like, okay, you you take LSD and you like go do a show for, you know, two hours. You still got 10 fucking hours where you're tripping out. Like it's one of those drugs that you got to like plan, you got to like cancel your plans for the day you know it's not like smoking a little joint or having a little beer or something but anyways they seem to handle it just fine and uh they were passing around this cup and then um james brown came out saw saw them and uh he uh wanted a sip he's like give me a sip you know and they're like no no you you don't want this but they also didn't want to you know give away that they were taking drugs because they would be fired immediately if they did that so they ended up giving him a sip 
And it's just hilarious. They 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 could do a much better job telling the story on the show, by the way. It's Mike Judge, who I love, Mike Judge Tales from the Tour Bus. But they talk about how he went on stage. And uh anyone who's done acid can kind of understand this feeling. But uh James is just silent up there and is just like staring at people and he puts his hands above his head. Uh kind of like you would do if you're getting like handcuffed to the top of your head. Like like it looked like a moon. He called it the moon. And he just he made this moon gesture with his hands and just stood up there for the rest of the show and looked around and was telling people this is a cool new dance. <laughs> it's called the moon. And so all these people in the crowd are just just standing there, just holding their hands up. And uh that's uh that's what he did. And then at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the show, um, he went up to Bootsy and stuff and said, Ah, oh, you guys just don't just don't got it. And then he fired him that that, that show. Uh, some people say it was because he knew about the acid, which you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Um, some people said that you know maybe the acid made him more aware of the shortcomings of uh, his band. But either way, he fired them. It's just it's just hilarious to hear his kind of story there. But um, so 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 yeah. So I, I you know I watched that super good one. And then there's another movie. Uh, called get on up so there's a really good good biopic it was in 2014 called get on up that does james brown's whole life and uh it's it's incredible the guy chadwick boseman who most people know from black panther uh i will never watch a marvel film by the way i will never watch that it's trash it's so fucking trash all of that marvel cinematic universe guys we had the nolan trilogy okay we had Batman Begins, we had The Dark Knight, we had The Dark Knight Rises. We cannot excuse superhero films for being terrible. Like, we just can't anymore. Maybe we could, but we're in a post-Nolan universe now. So if I watch, like, a superhero caped kind of movie, and it's not up to that level, or not even trying to be, it's just garbage. It's just garbage, and it's just it's just not, not worth any of my time. So I, I never got the hype for him. They're fucking, it's just retarded. All like it, the stories are just, it's just, it's just lame. It's too much CGI. It's all that blah, blah. So anyway, so, uh, I'm trashing what he's no, most known for, but, um, you should know from this movie too. get on up. He plays a great, he plays James Brown from the, from a teenager to right before he died. And, uh, it's awesome. The movie, uh, opens up with, uh, James Brown, uh, discovering that someone took a shit in his bathroom at his office and this is a true story. And he, uh, he, it was, uh, it was a bathroom that was next to a, uh, an insurance, uh, conference. And he shows up with a shotgun trying to find out he took a, took a shit in his bathroom. And I will say this too. Most people tell this story probably to be polite. They don't say take a shit or even take a dump. They just say that someone went to the bathroom. It's a big difference. And, and I'm not going to say that if someone shits in your bathroom that you have the right to pull out a shotgun but uh, I feel his pain here because I, I hate that, too. Like, uh, you know, every once in a while there's an emergency, sure. But most people should be able to time their dumps at home in their own place. And to, to just like, especially at work and stuff, like, it's just, it's just gross. It's just gross and unnecessary. And I hate the guys who are like, well, I shit on the company dime because I'm getting paid to poop. Nah, you're just disgusting, man. And uh, if I was in charge, I just I just fucking pay people extra if they didn't if they just stayed at home. So that does make it way different. You know, this is guys' personal bathroom, 
And not only did someone like go in it, which is, you know, pretty bad, they took a big stinky shit in it. That's, that's, uh, I understand the, uh, the, the rage. I actually had a friend who used to pull this <laughs> at my house one too many times. And I didn't pull a shotgun on him, but I, I had the same amount of, of anger about it because I don't know why this guy decided that suddenly my house was his personal like shitting place, but he, we'd have him over to like, you know, have some drinks or something. And and it wasn't like an emergency or anything. This motherfucker would, would drink with us at night and then crash on the couch and then uh, go take a giant shit in the morning and then leave. And he did it like three days in a row. And then on the fourth day, I like caught him and I, and I just screamed at him through the door. I was like, go shit somewhere else. Shit in your own bathroom. And uh, he slightly giggled. But I was like, I'm serious. Like it's, it's over. It's the last shit you take here. I mean, I, I lived in a place that had one bathroom, you know, with two guys already, already. But anyways, that, that's how the movie starts. And, uh, the actor does a great job, uh, with him. And, uh, it's, it's a really, really good flick. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's super cool. Whenever I see, uh, I'll see, you know, James Brown, like, uh, the night, I really recommend watching him do night train. Uh, it's just amazing. It's like, it's, it's, it's better than Michael Jackson. I mean, the guy could like fucking dance like crazy. And he was such a showman. One of the things I love that he did is that, uh, he would act, he would do that whole, like, I'm super exhausted routine, um, which he actually learned from a wrestler, by the way, uh, that whole exhausted with the cape on. And then would come back to do the encore, which is just fucking badass. Like it's just, just in this night train video. It's so cool. Cause I mean, you watch this guy like just work himself to just crazy exhaustion, you know, doing those fucking splits and jumping up and everything. And then, then and then he, he, he sits down like about to die on the, on the edge of the stage and they're wrapping up and he's like, let's do one more. Just runs back out and dances even harder. So good. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about that and, watching him but uh you know he was a he was a very very strict guy and um kind of like i was saying before i kind of lost track of it but uh with the fines you know he'd throw them fines and he would actually do it to the beat on stage so if you ever see him doing a dance on stage and he does this thing where he kind of has a, a like a fist open or a fist close and he opens the fist to the beat that's called throwing fines what he's doing is someone fucked up in the band so he throws like 20 40 60 he throws literally throws fucking fines at them that would come out of their pay uh whenever they whenever they would eventually get paid so super super interesting life uh the king of soul uh i've been uh i've been listening to a lot of his music now and um i got this i got these cool new headphones for my bike that are bone uh they're, they're uh they're bone induction headphones so you put them on they don't go in your ears they actually like uh vibrate the bones in your head to uh, make noise that way i can hear things while i'm riding it's not as dangerous as headphones um but i've just been listening to all this james brown and it's amazing you know and, and he's been sampled so much in hip-hop and all this shit uh you know there's a great line he says at, in the beginning of the movie after he's about to like shoot the guys for taking a shit in his bathroom he's like i don't care what kind of music you listen to everything's got a little james brown in it that that rap whatever it's true you know you got the funky drummer uh beat which is like in fucking everything maybe i'll play it for you right now um but uh yeah it's been it's been crazy it's been in all kinds of stuff and uh it's a good movie get on up really really recommend it 
you know, I got some other things to talk about, but uh, now I actually have some content for the next show, which I'll see what I can do to get it done a little bit quicker. I have another show that I'm working on. It's a much more serious one. Um, so let you know how that one goes too. But, uh, you know, hope everyone's having a good uh, rest of the end of their year. And, uh, you know, don't worry about the COVID thing. It's only got two more years left, guys. Only two more years. It'll it'll go by like that. So, uh, you know, stay safe out there. Um, be sure to uh, find me on Facebook. Lower your expectation. Uh, if you want to be on the show, I need to get a guest back on, right? People like the guest episodes. So, uh, you know, if you think you're funny, or if you're not, you know, get on here. And uh, remember uh, to uh, vote this, this November 3rd. Um, you want to go to your ballot box, look all the way down, circle right in, and then write Kanye West. Yo, G, they can't stop me from rapping, Kenny. Kenny, hot. See you later, guys. I spit it through the wire, man. There's too much stuff on my heart right now, man. I gladly risk it all right now. It's a life or death situation, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't really understand how I feel right now, man. It's your boy Kanye Titter. Shot Town, what's going on? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I drink a boost for breakfast, an intro for dessert Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor That right there could drive a sane man bizzard Not to worry, Mr. Ace to the Izzles, back to wizard How do you console my mom? Or give a light support Telling her son's own life support And just imagine how my girl feel On the plane, scared as hell that a guy looked like Emmett Till She was with me before the deal, she been trying to be mine She a Delta, so she been throwing that dynasty sign No use me Trying to be lying, I've been trying to be signed Trying to be a millionaire, how I used two lifelines In the same hospital where Biggie Smalls died The doctor said I had blood clots, but I ain't Jamaican man Story on MTV and I ain't trying to make a band I swear this right here, history in the making man I really apologize to everyone right now If, if it's unclear at all man They got my mouth wired shut for like, I don't know The doctor said like six weeks you know we had reconstruction, I had reconstruction surgery on my jaw. I looked in the mirror, half of my jaw was in the back of my mouth, man. I couldn't believe it. And I'm still here for y'all right now, man. This is what I got to say right here, though. Yeah. Turn me up, yeah. Oh. What if somebody from the shadow was ill? Got a deal on the hottest rap label around. But he wasn't talking about coke and birds. It was more like spoken word. Except he's really putting it down. And he explained the story about how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in the game. Good dude, bad night, right place, wrong time. In the blink of an eye, his whole life changed. If you could feel how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. I swear where the guy driver two wanna sue I got a lawyer for the case to keep us in my safe Safe, my dogs couldn't tell if I I look like Tom Cruise on Vanilla Sky It was televised It's been an accident like Geico They thought I was burned up like Pepsi did Michael I must got an angel Cause look how death missed his ass Unbreakable, what you thought they call me Mr. Glass Look back on my life like the ghost of Christmas past Toys R Us where I used to spend that Christmas cash And I still won't grow up I'm a grown ass kid Swear I should be locked up for stupid that I did But I'm a champion So I turn tragedy to triumph Make 
music that's fire Spit yeah. my soul through the wire Woo. You know what I'm saying When the doctor told me I had a um, I was gonna have to have a plate in my chin I said dog Don't you realize I never make it on a plane now It's bad enough I got all this jewelry on She can't be serious man 